Howdy. How you guys doing? Okay. That was great. That was a great good morning over there. Um, if you want to open your, um, your bulletin thingy um, and take out this vision and plan recap, um, if you've been around High Point for a while, in January of this year, I preached four weeks on what worship is and what the church is. Why are we here? What are we doing when we come here? But then later in April, I, I preached two sermons that were, we call our vision and plan. Where I said, here's, here's what we are. This is why we, there's such a thing as High Point Church. What we exist to do and what's our plan to do it. And um, one of the things that happened a couple years ago is Fran and Shirley Dietrich took me to a Desiring God conference and um, Rick Warren, who's a pastor, was at that. And he said, the problem with pastors and the problem with churches is that you try to teach too much. People just don't learn that way. You can't preach 100,000 things and expect people to get them. You've got to focus, and you've got to do. And if you don't, you can teach a lot of fantastic stuff, but nothing ever gets anywhere. And, and he's right about that. And I'm probably the worst offender that there is, but I just comfort myself that if you wanted to listen again, you could online. Um, but what, what we try to do is— um, on this sheet, at least it's done a great job of putting together the vision and plan of the ministry model for the church. It's all right on this sheet. Our mission is the one Jesus gave us, to make disciples. And the way we do it at High Point Church is by providing environments that engage and equip people with the gospel. The gospel is the good news about Jesus. How do we engage people with it, and how do we equip people with it? That's what we focus on within the particular environments, because we know that within the relationships of those environments, hopefully a lot of good is going to be done in, for, for Christ. Now, we do it by connecting, growing, serving. And, and one of the things that we would also recognize is that there's some things we do together, and there's sort of a corporate thing happening. But there's other things where if, if for any community to be great— okay, this is just a, I think this is just a sheer fact. For any community to be great, the vast majority of individuals have to take personal responsibility for the greatness of that community. Okay? I think that's just a fact. I'm not sure— if that you want to dispute that or not. So if you look at the bottom here, it says, part of the plan is, here's the personal, what we're doing personally, and the second is, corporately, what do we do through small groups? Now, the small groups is just something for another time, and if you, you may recognize most of under here for the personal, because when I did those vision talks, there was like a, there was a handout bulletin insert that had nine challenges on it, and I've narrowed those down to these six, because a couple of them can double up. These are the six challenges that I made. Now, and so what we're going to do over the course of the year is a few Sundays we're going to have some mini-sermons on a couple of these things to keep us focused on the plan. Otherwise, those are just sermons we did in April, right? So I want to talk to you for just a few minutes about service and making a contribution. Can I control from here? Okay, let's go. Let me go back. Um, if we say, okay, it's our mission, what Jesus calls to do is to, is to make disciples by forming environments that engage and equip people with the gospel, you've got to ask yourself the question, what actually makes an environment engaging and equipping? What does that? And here's what does that. Really, really consistent, dependable people who care about something and you can count on to be there. One of the things that has always frustrated me with the, um, with the social media movement, so there's this whole social media movement, and I have to care about public messaging because I help run an organization, and it's, it always frustrates me that people sing such loud praises of social media when I don't really think it's that effective for what we do. Awareness has its uses. I mean, there are some things in the world that we would really want to do something about, or maybe some things that we would want to buy, and we just don't know they exist. And so awareness is really helpful. 
But the problem is, is that people, once somebody likes, you know, pull children out of slavery, well, I'll just, I, I like that group, that's about as far as it goes. Um, I've been involved in a couple of organizations that have had big social media marketing, and they amounted to basically nothing. And they were really good organizations because people, people are aware and then they forget. And that's not how things get accomplished. Wars, wars aren't won with paper, they're won with soldiers. People who are really dependable, disciplined, and trained, and they're there to get it done, and they care very deeply about getting it accomplished. And a church, which is a volunteer organization that doesn't have piles of money, but relies on the, on the willfulness of its people and the power of God through the actions we attempt, that's all we've got, guys. It's all we've got to make the impact we want to make. And so what's necessary to have compelling environments is lots of people who are driven because they love Jesus, not High Point Church. And they come to High Point Church and they serve Jesus in environments for the sole purpose of engaging and equipping people with the gospel for, the, for those people's good and for the glory of God. Now, one of the things I think is really important to say is that that's one of the reasons why there are some great things about High Point Church already. There are lots of people here who already get this and already know this, and they either got it from their mother's milk or they've been trained along the way, and they serve like crazy. And they can be counted on when they do, and they do a good job when they do. Um, I don't know if you know this, but every, you know, every week, a few hundred kids go through our children's ministry program. And there is one person employed full-time, and now, just this year, somebody employed for five hours to make sure our nursery kicks butt behind. Sorry. And, and that's it. Everything, everything else in that ministry is done with volunteers. The bands, the moving the music, setting everything up, all of that. Um, John Georgeson is our, is our director of worship arts, but he doesn't, he doesn't lead any of the bands. He equips, finds, trains, and helps volunteers lead bands to find other volunteers to play in bands who leave dinner and come here and practice from 8 to 11.30— to put sets together, sometimes they don't get here till nine, right, Brandon? And um, not you, other people that you observe. And, and so, I mean, sometimes they're here at midnight. Sometimes they're here, and then there's people who come in and set up slides, and they, and they work with the sound, and, they're, um, and there's all kinds of people like that. And it's those dependable people that make it so that the people that some of us normally think about, like me, who gets up on stage and talks with the mic wrapped around his ear, um, we are virtually inconsequential. In the sense that I get paid to do this for my full time. The fact that I can pull off an essay a week, although it is dip more difficult than, it's not remarkable. What's remarkable is that Tim Keener is here every stinking week. He gets here just after I do, and he leaves every time after I do. There's people who lock doors, the men's ministry right now, all volunteers cooking a huge meal that we're all going to eat together afterwards. Last week we um, had baptisms, and anybody who was at the baptisms will never forget that. Partly because they were concerned at every moment that I and whoever I was currently baptizing was about to die because it was in the middle of a lightning storm. Um, But the second thing about it was that um, every person, there were 15 people that got baptized, and most of them were not. I've been going to church all my life. I've loved Jesus my whole life. I was just baptized as an infant, and I want to be baptized as a believer. Most people were not that. Most people were like, I took a decade and a half— 40 years break from Jesus, or I thought religion was for dumb people who needed a crutch, or I was kind of a Buddhist and sort of thought that was cool, and, and then they came to, and not one person said this, I didn't know any Christians, I walked in off the street, I sat in a pew, I listened to Nick's incredibly 
skillful, astounding, erudite, and articulate sermon, and I would just believe immediately Jesus was Lord and King, gave my life totally to him, and I stand here to be baptized having not talked to anybody since. Nobody said that. In fact, in fact, I was waiting for people to say that, and they didn't, right? And for, for a lot of them, I know I've talked to them. They've benefited from the teaching, but what they said was, Mike Garibay said, what really was the deal closer for me was the men's softball team. When I played softball with those other men, and I realized they were no-nonsense males, they were dudes, and they all loved Jesus, really. They were competitive and wanted to win, and they treated people well, including their competitors. Something real happened, and I saw something I didn't see before. Another guy, Craig, who got baptized, but is in the picture, actually, there. Um, he said, it was small groups for me. He said, I don't know when I would have got baptized. It might have taken years. I showed up with my wife, I listened to some sermons, and I got involved in an eight-week small group, and I thought that's all I would do. But then the small group was good, and it was well-led, and I stayed, and I learned a whole lot more, a whole lot faster, and so now I'm here to be baptized today. Lori Real, she was like, yeah, I didn't, I wasn't anywhere. And when I, I, a friend brought me to church, I got in Bible study, and I went to this thing, and I went to a small group, and I went to all these things, and I just, I've grown, and I've learned so much, and I trust Jesus now. This is a woman who, for her vacation— went to Montana to find her estranged daughters to see if they would want to live with her now that her life has changed and she wanted them to be in her life and she wanted to be in theirs. I mean, this is a lady who has been reconverted. I mean, it's beautiful to watch her life. Some of us have been able to watch her over the course of the year. It's beautiful. And it, it was, but it's because all these extremely boringly reliable people had constantly entered into her life through these environments in which she could get to know them and be engaged and equipped with the gospel. That's how impact happens, and that's how life change happens, and you get to see it. And listen, don't be, don't be a Christian vampire, okay? Don't be, don't be that person who does nothing, who says they believe in Jesus, who periodically gives a couple bucks out of their wallet, and waits for those stories, and goes, oh, I'm part of something in Jesus. Oh, and just suck the blood out of the inspiration of the work of God that you have no relationship to. It's not your blood if it doesn't cost you any of yours to make it happen, if you don't serve. Does that make sense? Let me say, let me say one more thing about that. I think that there are three, there's three lifestyles I want to mention. Two that I think we have to give a, pa- a certain amount of pass to, and one that doesn't get a pass that thinks that they do. Right? One is people, there are some people that will be in our congregation from time to time, hopefully for long periods of time, who God has called them into certain vocations that are absolutely all-consuming. Oftentimes that will be in government, it'll be when they're presidents of companies, people like that, and they've just, for whatever reason, they believe it's strategic for that time in their life. You know, most of them is in politics, will get kicked out in a couple years anyway, and they'll have plenty of time to serve. Um, And they're just called into something, and they feel like it's for the public good, and they're trying to do the best that they can, and they just really don't have time. To, to do, they just, if they have to spend their extra time with their family. Um, and a lot of those people, some of those people are here anyway. Like I think of David Miller. It's very absorbing profession, and yet he's here at Vacation Bible School with one of those silly hats on. But there's a lot of people that we, we need to not be judgmental about them. The other group um, is people who, for strategic reasons, have decided to do their service in Jesus' name in organizations in the community to get outside the church to do it. They've decided to be on the board of the Boys and Girls Club or something like that. And they don't volunteer very much here in church week in and week out, but they're out there trying to get into these organizations, influence them for the, for the common good and for the glory of Christ. And I think that we've got we've to say, hey, that's awesome. We should be for that. We probably ought to have more of those people. 
right? But there's one group of people that does not get a pass, and that is parents with children. To say, well, I've got three kids, or I've got four kids, or I've got one kid, and there's just no way I can swing being in stuff and doing stuff. I just, I'm, I'm haggard, I'm already tired, I can't be doing all this stuff, I've got a lot of stuff to do. Okay, listen, there's two issues with that. One is, listen, there are a lot of wonderful people in here who would love to, be, to mentor you and talk with you about your parenting model, if that's how you feel. Because you probably are using a silly parenting model that's causing you to feel so awful and to feel like you don't have time and energy to serve others. The second issue with that is, Teaching your children to serve by putting them in service and serving with them is part of Christian parenting. Without taking your kids with you and going and serving, you aren't really doing the whole job of Christian parenting. You might be doing a good bit of it, but because here's the thing, if you take your kid to soccer and all these other stuff and you don't teach them to serve, what are you really teaching them? Success is more important than service. Your achievements are more important than your character. Serving your ambitions are more important than serving God. That is what you're teaching them. And that's not what you want to teach them. If you sat down and talked with your husband or wife or with a close friend or just journaled for yourself, you would never say that. Here's what I want to teach my kid. But if you don't take your kid to serve, that is what you're teaching them. And it's tough. Like snack faces all the time. We've got four of them, for heaven's sakes. One of them is eight months old. We, just, we want to drag them into the basement and beat them most of the time not to service. Right? Now, really quickly, let me just say this. You need to get in there and do some damage. That's it. Just get in there and do some damage. Do something. Um, and here's five, here's five things to realize. Because you probably think, I just want you to sign up. You're, it's like, there's a pastor. All he wants is sign-ups. No, I do not want sign-ups. I do not want just sign-ups. These five things are part of making a meaningful contribution. One is you have to decide and sign up. And the volunteer, volunteer, yeah, that's a great time to do that. Look for something that will fit your passions and your gifts and get involved. The second is be reliable. Now, I could have written be committed, but how many people, if I said, how many of us are committed? How many of us are committed? All of us, it's like asking, how many of us think we're good people? No. So it's not, are you committed? The question is, are you reliable? Can other people count on you be there? That is, if, would other people say you're committed on the basis of your actions? That's a lot more difficult. Be reliable. The second is get better. There are going to be people around you that can help you get better at whatever your service is, and you should be growing as a voluntary expert in the thing that you're in, learning more about it. Okay, you teach fourth graders. That's great. Well, the fact that you showed up is great, but listen, do you know anything about the developmental state of fourth graders and what, how they learn and how they don't learn and how you can teach fourth grade boys who are a little kinesthetic and who are there people right there who can teach you about it? Are you going to get better or are you just going to be there because it's your duty or do you want to have the greatest impact you can and so you want to improve? Fourth is be engaged. That is, look in the ministry area where you're a volunteer for what we can do better, how we can serve people better. There's this book I was listening to while I was driving across country so I didn't have to listen to my eight, eight-month-old scream um, uh, called Winning by Jack Welch in which he talked about doing improvements in one of the factories. And they took some people that had been working there for years and said, what could we do better? And a guy wrote him a note and he said this. He said, for 20 years you've had my hands and you've paid me for it, and for nothing you could have had my brain, and you finally got it because you asked for it. Because people who are in the thick of it know stuff about how we can do things better. And the thing is, is that usually it's a rebuke, too, because when we don't do things well, the reason for that is we're trying to move up rather than move down. 
Something has crept into our service that it's, there's been an entitlement about it. There's something about me. I've served here long enough that I deserve to be treated this way rather than how can I be lower and less so that I can have a greater impact to other people. And so when you find something that can be changed, that oftentimes can go through the whole organization. It can be a rebuke that we need and it can change things for the better. And the last is be humble. There is nothing worse than a diva. And we don't only have them in the music ministry or the pastoral team. There's nothing worse than somebody who wants to sit at the head of the table rather than sit at the base of the table and be asked to move up. Make yourself available. Say, this is what I think I can do. Test drive me and place me. And if you want to promote me, promote me. And if you don't want to promote me, I will hand out these goldfish until Jesus comes back. And if you aren't humble enough to do that, you're not humble enough to do anything in the kingdom of God because all you'll be teaching is self-righteousness. And so all of us need to say, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? Does that make sense? And if, and here, and don't, and we, you cannot do this so that you'll be thought a great Christian or that High Point Church would be a great church. You have to do it because Jesus is King and Lord. He wants for the good of all people for them to come to him and become his disciples and to find life in that. And we are there to serve them on their way in. Because Jesus, Jesus said in Mark 10, he said, I did not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. And he said, those people out there who don't know what, what this is like, they try to always move up, but you need to be like your master me and you need to move down. And if we have that kind of attitude... And if we get in there and do some damage and we do these five things, this place will be great. But the person who will be thought great will be Jesus, which is what we're here to do. Does that make sense? Can we pray about it before we move on? Father, would you please help us to um, not be what, what you said in the Bible, hearers of the word only and not doers. We realize that our vision is only a vision if we don't have a plan and if we don't do that plan. And we recognize, Father, you know what our lives are like. You know how busy we feel. You know how we feel like we have to be so competitive in so many things to get ahead in life. And that takes up so much time. And um, there's so many things we believe about that. But Father, will you please help us to see what it means to serve you, to love others, to put ourselves on the line, be part of engaging and equipping people with the gospel for the mission of them becoming more deeply your disciples for their good and for your glory. Please help us to be doers of that every day, every week. In Jesus' name, amen.